MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. It's sundown. The day has just begun. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Yes. Ha-ha! This is MDN Shows of Running With The Times, only on MDN TV, the podcast. And I am Major Daughter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all our listeners and viewers around the world. Meet us in the comments. We are live there. Engage, ask questions, share this program. Look, we serve today's audiences everywhere. Wherever you are, we are reaching you. Now, if you have not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Because this is the hottest show on the planet. Yeah. And today, I'm excited. Let me tell you why. There have been people who have been saying things like, we've been buying dips after dips. Now, I think they are really dipped in the deep. <laughs> Because there seems to be no change, but it doesn't matter whether it's bullish or bearish. It is possible to make profit and to still gain, but it matters what you know, because all that depends on what you know, your knowledge, how far you can go right. Well, my guest is going to liberate many of you. Today, we are talking Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and some of those that they call the ass coins would not want to call it by what they really call it on this show. Well, what are you waiting for? Tell your friends to tell their friends to jump in right after this. MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non-secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable oh, choice. The undeniable choice indeed for today is Zachary Daniel. And I'll just call him Zach for today. Look, he he moved from medicine to investing. He moved from medicine to finance. And he says he lives an unconventional life. And uh, he's... um. He's giving himself a very good break and a very big break. He's having fun and he's rich and he's got varied experiences that he draws from. But today, I think we'd like to really focus and zoom in this experience on cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So thanks a gazillion times. Zach, for saying yes and for sharing yourself with the world. We welcome you. Please take this opportunity to greet our viewers and listeners around the world. Tell us, why did you move from medicine to investing, finance? How did that happen? Zach, the mic swings to you now. Uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you Major. <laughs> uh, I got to say that yeah. was that was one of the great 
best intros I've ever heard. <laughs> so much energy, so much, so much passion. I loved it. Thank that was, that was you. Awesome. Anyone, anyone's not listening to this podcast, I don't know what they're doing because the host is obviously killing it. So, um, yeah, I got to give it up there. And I appreciate you having me. I appreciate for anyone listening here. Right Thank now. you. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I will just cut right to it. I, uh, I moved from medicine. Nuclear medicine was my original background to finance because that was my passion. Yes. Um, that's where I saw the most opportunity to fulfill myself and to help other people. Um, I love nuclear medicine. I loved all the healthcare. My mom was a nurse, and that influenced a lot of why I went into it. But um, but finance is really where where everything lies. And you know, at the end of the day, money, as much as we don't like to admit it, is the one of the most important things in the world. And so, helping people understand it and trying to uh, you know take advantage of it is is really fulfilling to me um and obviously you know we're going to talk about bitcoin and crypto today but that's really my subspecialty um and uh and yeah and i think that's one way that people can really um you know it's a there's a need because uh, there's a lot of miseducation there's a lot of misunderstandings a lot of scams or uh, it's a new technology which is tough to understand so i like i like that aspect of of uh, of my job and, and helping people take advantage of it um, yes. So yeah, no, nuclear medicine was was great. And for anyone listening that doesn't know what nuclear no, medicine maybe, is, no, maybe maybe tell us what is nuclear medicine yeah. because before we even go deeper into the finance, because some people have never heard of it. I mean, we know of nuclear, but medicine, nuclear medicine, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're creating a bunch of hulks. That's 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 what's that's what's happening. No, um, so uh, yeah, nuclear medicine is like. I would, imaging fields so you know like you have mri you got ct x-ray those all look at body systems bones ligaments tendons all sorts of all sorts of structure uh, nuclear medicine is all about the function so how is are the kidneys functioning how are the, the lungs the heart the gallbladder all these different systems are they functioning and we do that through injecting uh, nuclear isotopes tagged to a pharmaceutical and uh you know, that allows us to image different body systems using that radiation. Now, yeah, when people are injected with nuclear isotopes, they're radioactive. They walk around and they're, you know, they're, they're out giving radiation to other people. But uh, unlike what's in the movies where, you know, like the Hulk or Bruce Banner has like gamma radiation and it changes the whole body structure, um, in nuclear medicine, the, the radiation that we give people generally doesn't, uh, doesn't harm them like like they show in the movies uh it's it really doesn't interact with the human body that well um generally just goes through it now of course there's no danger to radiation but it's greatly exaggerated as as in the movies but i really think nuclear medicine is an interesting field we do a lot of cancer uh, screenings got a lot of cancer imaging so um really awesome field but but yeah back to back to back to bitcoin back to uh yes so if if uh, nuclear medicine was this exciting for you, so it sounds very exciting. And what you do, you are helping the human race. So why did you move from nuclear medicine to investing? How did you even get started on investing and finance? That's yeah, I, yeah, both of them are really rewarding. Um, I guess for me, uh, you know, finance was just more rewarding personally. So that's probably, you know, what ended up pushing me that way. 
But I started by I started I started by self teaching, uh, kind of self learning and and doing my own investing, and uh, and then it took you know I to be an investment advisor you have to pass the advisor law exam series sixty five so I studied, I passed the exam and then I was able to, you know start my business and build my practice, um, so it wasn't it wasn't easy and it definitely was a big risk you know moving from the certainty of a really stable job that I liked to the uncertainty of your own business um, in a field that is still developing, right? You know, there are very few investment advisors out there that yes. deal in Bitcoin or, or the cryptocurrency. In fact, I might be the only one in, uh, in my state that does. So there's very few out there. And so, yeah, there's, there was a big risk of uncertainty and, and uh, being young in the industry and, and not having a, you know, uh, most investment advisors are, you know, a lot of them are much older, you know, 50 years old, 60 years old. So uh, there's, there's something, you know, new and challenging about it. Um, but I thought I had something to offer in it. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Hmm. I, I, <laughs> this, this is very interesting, but let's, let's get into what has been going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. People have been buying dips, and I'm going to start there because we've received so many, so many yeah. uh, questions from people who want to know, where is cryptocurrency going? Uh, is there a future there? What is even the future of the so-called as coins? Should anyone even bother themselves yeah. there? Before we even <laughs> talk about Bitcoin, because people have bought so much, they've invested, if I can put it that way, mm -hmm. on the dips, taking the dips, thinking, okay, we're about to see something happen and nothing happened, literally. Mm -hmm. What about even Luna? I'm throwing all this at you because there are those who even took their chances on Luna when it crashed, believing that yeah, they got something, something yeah. is going to happen. Liberate the people yeah right? yeah no i yeah I, I love how you call it uh, ass coin that's it's that's apt apt term <laughs> for most of it um yeah no uh it, you know with outside of big out of outside of bitcoin i would say bitcoin is is investing high very high risk investing but outside of bitcoin is gambling um a lot of these tokens are going to zero have gone to zero the space is riddled with some scams um Empty promises, bad teams, bad execution, no market, um, bad tokenomics, uh, bad security. There's all there's whole sorts of reasons why these projects fail, um, and ninety nine percent of them do. You're gambling a lot on these projects that someone else is going to be the greater fool. Um, there are some good projects in the space, but it's it's tough to delineate what is a scam and not because of the lack of information and, and the lack of expertise for a lot of people, right? Um, if you looked at the Luna ecosystem, you know, from me as an investment advisor in the space, I would have, I've been very skeptical. I never bought Luna because, you know, I kind of understood what the structure was and it, it didn't make, it didn't make sense money-wise. But I had a lot of new people that, you know, would approach me and like, oh, hey, I, Elon Musk bought Dodge or Dogecoin. I'm going to buy Dogecoin because it's, it's funny and it's a meme and, you know what? I can try to tell them that it's not going to work out, <laughs> but um, but some people just have to figure it out for themselves, which is unfortunate. But you know, I would definitely say for people that are that 
are getting into the space that you have to understand that Bitcoin is different from everything else in the industry. So, mm. uh, you know, when you look at Bitcoin and, and again, I'm, I'm an investment advisor, but don't come and take investment advice. That you're going to go throw all your money in Bitcoin or something. But um, Bitcoin's different than the entire rest of the space and that Bitcoin is going to be here for the future. Um, that there is longevity in Bitcoin, that it's actually, it's, it's more measurable. You can more, you can better measure the value of Bitcoin. Right, it's been going for what 14 years now, uninterrupted. Uh, there's never been a, a network breach. Um, there's never been a network hack. Uh, there's always been a strong use case, a continuing adoption, continuing penetration in financial yes. markets and financial institutions. Um, every single metric of Bitcoin has grown. And yes, there's huge price volatility. Right, you see price go down 60, 70 percent, and that's very scary. Um, but the thing, the thing about price volatility is you can't have high risk, or you can't have high reward without high risk, right? No, no asset that's going to go up, you know, uh, uh, very, you know, up, up a lot of percent is going to, you know, not go down a lot of percent. That's just how an emerging technology um, and investment, speculative investment, goes. Um, what separates Bitcoin from the other sphere is Bitcoin is has already established itself and with its different properties and its entrenchments and its, uh, its technology versus a lot of other projects aren't really that decentralized. A lot of them have, you know, VCs or funds that have started the project and expect to make profit off of it and everything. And really, you know, a lot of people that buy in these projects are just ending up as, you know, their exit liquidity. So they're just dumping this, these projects on people. And it's unfortunate because, um, a lot of people get hurt, like you said, you know, all these ass coins and it's big and flashy and you hear about stories of people making, you know, 100x or 50x their money in like, you know, a short time span. And for every person that does that, a thousand people have to lose all their money. Um, so it's just, you know, I, I caution people when they get into the space, take a deep breath, learn about Bitcoin first. And if you do want to... Um, learn about the rest of the space, do it with a very small percentage of your portfolio, of what you're willing to lose, because most of it mm. is, is not good. And, you know, even me as an investment advisor, even me as who's someone who's been in the space for six, seven years, um, I'm going to be wrong about some projects. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's just how it is. Um, it's like kind of like the early internet. There's a ton of new promising tech, but only a few are really going to survive to that kind of juggernaut spear um i think that's the same way as it is today um and you know it's tough when to separate bitcoin from other the rest of the industry you know you got nfts you got you know i, I would say you know you know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes right now like nfts oh my gosh like no, yes don't go yes yeah. precisely yes, they're like <laughs> yeah they're like this is this is just a, this is just a picture this is just a jpeg and and for the most part i, I you know i i, I agree um, I think the NFT space represented the worst parts of the entire crypto industry as far as greed and lying and fraud, but underlying it, you know, they're not going away. NFTs are not going away as much as I, as, as much as, you know, almost hurts me to admit it, um, because if the space frustrates me too, but, um, there is some, there is underlying use of, of NFTs that are going to be implemented down the road that are, are, are it's going to be valuable. Um. You know, we could go down that, what those specifics are, but uh, the bottom line is the space is growing, but the future is very bright for Bitcoin. Um, so, I, and, you know, something 
if you're if you're in Bitcoin or in crypto and you're really worried about the prices, especially Bitcoin, you probably have too much invested. Um, you probably are overexposed to it. That's what I would say. Um, a lot of Bitcoin people that you know I know, and now again, this is investment advice, but a lot of Bitcoin people I know don't really care about the price. They understand that this is a volatile asset. They understand that they have a long time frame. Um, they, they're willing to wait one, they have more than one year. They're willing to wait three, four, five years to experience significant gain. Um, because, you know, they, for them, it represents a little bit more of an <clears throat> investment. It represents some, some, for some people, it's an ethos. For some people, it's, uh, you know, you could say it's like a cult-like following. But uh, so a lot of people, it represents freedom, you know. For me, if, if I was to send someone, you know, I think you're in South Africa. If yes, I was to send yes. you, there's no way, there's no way I could send you one U.S. dollar. There's no way I could send you, but I could send you Bitcoin, and I could yes. send you Bitcoin without our banks, with our without our banks being involved, without a third party being involved, without any trust being involved, without any of that being involved, and I could do it on a network that uh, is the strongest computer network that's ever existed in human history. Um, I think that's a very valuable thing. And the crazy part is it, the network continues to grow. The number of users continues to grow. Um, the technology being built on Bitcoin, like the Lightning Network, continues to grow. And uh, and the fact that, you know, it's sitting around at, you know, 20,000 or, you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball that says, you know, how low can it go? Um, but, but if you look at, yes. yeah, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't want to speculate. But all, all I can say for sure is that you look at where Bitcoin is today and where it's headed uh, compared to the pricing, and it, it seems like a, a, a very a mismatch, right? Um, that's, all, that's all I'll say there. Uh, you know, people have a very short time preference. Very, people have a very short memory, and they aren't very patient. Everything's now, right? We're in an attention economy. We, we need I it mean, now. We, have, we have instant everything we have microwaves yeah. that makes you mm -hmm. have whatever you want instantly there are those who are concerned about they feel like it's already too late to get into bitcoin mm. now let's talk about you and how how would you advise those ones who feel like well it's it's too far now when did you yeah. get into bitcoin and how and what about those who feel like well it's it's gone too far i, I can't come in now what will you yeah. have to say yeah. to them Zach? Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a good question, and that, that's what a lot of people have. I have a lot of people that are like, well, it's it's you know eighteen thousand or it's thirty thousand, forty thousand. I can't afford a whole Bitcoin. Well, you can buy like five dollars of Bitcoin first of all. Um, but you know, when I first got into Bitcoin, the first time I was exposed to it was in twenty fourteen. The price was like three hundred dollars of Bitcoin. Um, as a college kid, I I think I bought like a tenth of a Bitcoin. Um, kind of really didn't do much with it. It was really 2016, 2017 when I got very heavy into it. Um, and have just been basically obsessed since 2016. And, you know, I already, when I got in, I thought it was late and the price was like a thousand bucks. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like, this thing was like free, like 10 years ago. This thing yeah. was trading in a penny like 10 years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm like, wait, wait, what are you, what am I doing? But I understood yes. what, what the, I started understanding about after six months, what the technology behind Bitcoin was. And I was like, wow, this is this is groundbreaking. This is like this is like the internet. This is like printing press. This is like one of the biggest invention inventions of probably this century. And 
yeah, it might be, you know, a thousand thousand dollars per coin might seem ridiculous now, but if I'm looking at what this what the market of this technology is, I mean, this is like so early. This is a, a bargain. Um yes. and you know, I, I think even at eighteen thousand, uh Bitcoin is a very, very, very small niche part of the entire global value system still. So um you know, I don't think Bitcoin is going to come out here and like replace the U.S. dollar or anything like that tomorrow or anything like you know that drastic. But the the addressable market for Bitcoin is way way larger than it is today. Um, so yeah, relative, eight, you know, it's not like you're gonna Bitcoin's going to go up 200x. I'm sorry, that's just the days of that are gone. Um, I, I still think Bitcoin has significant appreciation to go. But uh, but yeah, you you know. It's interesting, you know, people uh, that bought Apple in the 1990s thought they were too late, and look at it today. People that bought Amazon in 07 thought they were too late, and look at, mm. you know. So people always think they're late, um, and, and, and it's just kind of an excuse for inaction, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not too late. <laughs> um, what I would say is, you know, just... People should just learn about it, and, and then if they feel comfortable, get a little exposure, because uh, I think there is a lot of a lot of growth to come. And um, oh, I was going to say something else. Uh, oh yeah, yeah so, so. Uh, how I would think about it is, think, think if someone came back to you in the '90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, and said, "Hey, there's this thing called the internet. You yes. can you can actually own a piece of the internet." Today, everyone would be like, "Oh." That's a no-brainer. Like I could actually own a piece of like the internet. That's kind of how I see Bitcoin, as far as like you're owning a piece of financial infrastructure for the future. You're owning a piece of the collective uh, base layer of a value system on the internet. Um, I, I think that's a, a very valuable thing to be a part of. Yes. And so that, that's kind of how. And I, I view the other kind of crypto everything. So Bitcoin, I would view as like the actual base layer of the internet. And I would view all the other crypto companies as kind of like the, the other companies that are on the internet, the Apples, the Facebook, the Microsoft, the Googles. Um, now, none of those other cryptocurrencies do we know are here to stay or we're going to become that, you know, equivalent. Um, but that's how I, I, the analogy that I would use to kind of make an easy comparison to what the internet, because a lot of people understand now today how big the internet was. But back in the '90s or early 2000s, it didn't it didn't seem like it was going to penetrate our society like it does today. And yes. uh, and that's the kind of same place where Bitcoin and crypto is is a very small percentage of society is exposed to this, understands it, um, and it's going to take a long time. You know, it may be like 15, 20 years. People are going to look back and be like, "Oh yeah, of course it was obvious. Of course, you know, hindsight's 2020." Mm. And it's tough to have that kind of forward forward thinking. Um, but there's also risk in that. You can't predict the future. Like I, it doesn't matter how much research, or how sure I am about certain things. There's always a risk that I that I miscalculate or I'm wrong or certain events change. And so that's why when people are worried about, well, is Bitcoin going down farther? Am I going to lose all my money? It's like if that's your if that's your case, then you probably are too invested in it. You probably have too much in it. You should probably scale back and, and just have what you're comfortable in it. Um, and the more the more you learn about it, generally the more you can put you know at risk into Bitcoin because you're more comfortable with 
the ecosystem. But like for me personally, I'm comfortable having, you know, uh, 20 to 50 percent of my investable assets in Bitcoin at certain times um, because I understand the space very well and I understand the risk very well and I understand, you know, what I think the reward is. Um, and I also just believe in the technology as far as I like having autonomy. I like having my money outside the purview of the government and the banks. And, you know, obviously in the U.S. we have very strong laws about property and, and stuff, but th that's not the whole world. You know, a lot of the world can have their bank accounts frozen because they said or did something that the ruling party didn't like. They can have their, their money confiscated. They can have their property seized, you know. Um, having something outside the purview of direct governmental control is a valuable, a valuable thing mm. because absolute power, <laughs> absolute power, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and the most absolute power in the world is people's money, right? People's money is their entire life, um, all their savings, all the work that they've ever done, maybe their grandparents' work is all in that money, and if you give that power to a few individuals, it's going to inevitably be corrupted. So I think there's an inherent value in. Bitcoin being a money outside that based on rules and uh, computer algorithms and not people that can control it. So, um, yeah, so, you know, the more people learn about it, the more comfortable, you know, they can they can be about it. And, you know, obviously being an investment advisor, I'm focused on the investment front for people. Um, yes. But there's a lot of world the world that maybe doesn't care about the investment and cares about the actual utility. Like when I went down to El Salvador where I was using Bitcoin for payments, um, you know, for my local papusa or my uh, my hotel room or something. And uh, in that case, you know, businesses are using it as, as currency. So, yeah. Exciting. Exciting. Yeah, sorry. I get, I get really long-winded whenever I talk about Well, I, I see the portion. I see the portion. And uh, look, it's because I think you are everything Bitcoin. Now, there are people who want you to be more specific as to what level can they really um, uh, enter with, you know, mm. those who wants to get in now, what level, figures-wise, numbers-wise, gotcha. and what, oh, yeah. which platforms as well, if I can throw that in, which platforms security-wise are safe for one to really be the ones that they're using to get into Bitcoin? That's okay. Both good questions. I, I'm an investment advisor, so I have to be careful about, about exactly what I say regarding price levels. Um, but I will say this. Uh, I think anything, if, anything, if, you, if you're able to acquire Bitcoin at any price under $30,000 USD, uh, that is a strong, that's a strong place to start. Um, I think the the absolute lowest that I could see Bitcoin going is about ten thousand, and that would probably coincide with the you know the global economy uh, also experiencing a very sharp downturn. So I know people are people like to wait and time the bottom, and this is the problem that people get greedy at the top and people get greedy at the bottom. So I remember sitting back in twenty eighteen when Bitcoin fell from twenty thousand to thirty five hundred, and People are like, well, where, you know, I think I'm going to wait till 3,000. I think I'm going to wait till 2,500. And it never came. And, and, and then they sat there and they bought in at, you know, 8,000 or 9,000 finally. So 
I think when you're under a price range, and at that time I was saying, okay, anytime you get Bitcoin under six thousand, you're probably good. Um, right now, I'm kind of saying, anytime you buy Bitcoin under thirty thousand, probably good. I, there's no crystal ball. Um, I think the lowest is ten thousand. I think we could retest sixteen five or uh, the local low. Um, but you know, if you're looking at the long term trajectory, if you're thinking, okay, this asset is still young, I think it's going to be in the triple or the six digits. I think it's going to be well over 100,000 in the next five years. Well, does it matter if you bought at 16,000 or 20,000 or 13,000? Is that going to make a material difference? The answer is no. The material difference is if you are like, wow, I'm going to wait till it falls to 12,000. All of a sudden it's up at 45. And then you, then you're like, okay, well now I, I, I got it. You FOMO in. And all of a sudden, instead of buying at 20, you're buying at 45. That's a material difference if it gets to 100, 150, 200, 200,000. Um, so that's that's the kind of advice I would give for people as far as they're looking at certain price levels. Of course, there's certain things I'm looking for. And one of my favorite Bitcoin momentum indicators just flashed um, mm. uh, like three weeks mm. ago. Um, and the last price increases after the circumstances of this happening were... 35%, um, 600%, 400%, and 1,500% as far as the price increases for the assets. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know, one price signal is not something to trade off of. But uh, but yeah, no, that's that's that. And then as far as platforms, you know, obviously in the U.S. here, it might be different than what can be accessed in South Africa. Yes. Or around the or around the globe, each jurisdiction is different. In the U.S., I'm very, you know, for people that just want to start getting exposure, you know, any of the major exchanges as far as like Coinbase, I think Gemini, and now I've, or of course Gemini's have been in the news about the SEC and the earn stuff, and that's that's separate from the rest of the platform. So I, there's some nuance there, but um, Kraken, uh, Cash App, um, all 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 good platforms to acquire Bitcoin on. And if you're keeping, if you if you're only doing a small amount, you know what, you can probably keep it on the exchange. But I like taking possession of my Bitcoin myself, downloading a software wallet. So uh, Moon's a really good software wallet. M U N N. Um, Samurai is a really good software wallet. If you want to deal with a bunch of altcoins, Exodus is a good software wallet. And so that way you can take possession of your Bitcoin. You're not relying on the exchanges or or anything. Um, you know, I have used Binance in the past, but obviously there's been a lot of controversy about Binance. I I don't think that they're necessarily in trouble, but I would not keep a significant amount of my assets on that platform. I would only use it to to try to trade or or something else if I if I was going to use it. Um I don't know what your whatever jurisdiction you're in, you're probably gonna have to use whatever the popular centralized exchange is. Um but after that you can take possession of your your crypto yourself by using one of those software wallets. And, um, you know, I like something like I like Moon is that it's integrated with the Lightning Network. So if users aren't familiar with the Lightning Network, you know, do a little research. I, I probably would need another 30 minutes to go into the long-winded explanation of that. But that's what I would say as far as price level. And then, um, you know, if anything 2022 showed us is that you can't trust, uh, you know, central <laughs> parties. Voyager went down, uh, Celsius went down, FTX went down, Three Arrows went down, and 
uh, BlockFi went down, Genesis went down, and it's um, the same issues that our regular financial system has with central parties is the same thing that crypto has with central parties. It's just when things collapse in crypto, there's no one to bail it out, right? It, when things happen in the global financial sphere, the governments and the central banks will bail out the, the players. Um, and there's a little bit more rules and, and regulation, which uh, makes people act a little more honestly. But um, the thing is, and a lot of people like to point, well, look at all this fraud or um, stealing or whatever. And, and I agree, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's, it's people doing that with the technology. It's not the technology itself. So Bitcoin is agnostic. Um, it's indifferent. Um, what people choose to do with other, you know, try to manipulate people for their Bitcoin or their other crypto, that's, that's always going to happen. Criminals are always going to use whatever the uh, cutting edge technology is to get the yes. edge, right? Uh, they're, they're always going to do that. They did that with every invention that's ever really happened. The internet, um, heck, automobiles, you know, the criminals were one of the first people to use automobiles. Um, so, you know, the, yes. the new technologies are always going to attract criminals. And it's unfortunate, but um, you know, people got to really be diligent and responsible uh, about how they 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 handle their money. Um, so yeah, I would say get it. You know, you might have to use a central exchange that you might not necessarily trust, but you can take possession of your Bitcoin after that. You don't have to leave it on there. And yes, so don't you know? <laughs> don't if you're gonna do it, leave with a small amounts, do a little trading or buy some alts, whatever you want to do with it. For the most part, take possession of it. Um, you know, protect your keys. So, yeah, yeah. And hopefully, that, hopefully, that audience, hopefully that answered the audience. Uh, that is perfect. That is perfect. And the risk is everywhere. Everywhere there's risk. So it's not like you can run away from the risk, but you can, you can have a calculate. You can take a calculated well, risk. Now somebody's exactly. asking. This one is from. Um, one of our listeners, what is the difference between Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin? And what would you have to say about Bitcoin mining? Zach? Yeah, uh, Bitcoin mining is a hot topic because, um, you know, obviously it takes up uh, a lot of energy. And uh, I don't know if that's the exact angle they were going with it, but yeah, Bitcoin mining takes up a lot of energy. Um, the thing is, you can't get something for nothing, Right. It, it, that just doesn't exist. So in order for Bitcoin to have security that it does um, and the network uh, kind of robustness that it does, it needs to it needs to gain that from somewhere. And for Bitcoin, it's through energy. It's through computational power of, of doing the, you know, quote unquote, useless hashing algorithm over and over and over again to secure the network. Um, so that's how Bitcoin generates the securities through energy. You can't you cannot secure the Bitcoin network anywhere near the same without proof of work, without Bitcoin mining. It, it just wouldn't happen. And a lot of people like to point to Ethereum. Well, Ethereum went from proof of work to proof of stake. And now look at it, it reduced its carbon footprint by like 99%. Yeah, it did. But the network security is compromised, right? Now it's proof of stake and it's much more, it's much uh, more susceptible to uh, compromisation of the network and, you know, blocking transactions or freezing wallets or all this sort of stuff. And yeah, it hasn't necessarily happened yet. But if you're going to build the base value layer of a new monetary uh, medium for the internet, 
you have to have security and decentralization. And that's what Bitcoin mining provides. Um, I would also say that Bitcoin mining generally is very eco-friendly. Um, at least 50% of Bitcoin mining is using renewable energy or resources. Um, I was involved in a project just two years ago that didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. But we were going to take methane that a brewery was was firing off or flaring off, you know, just mm. wasting. And we were going to take it, we were going to scrub it, so we were going to make it cleaner. And then we were going to run Bitcoin miners on the site and use that, you know, to generate Bitcoin. And we would have been a net positive for the environment in that we would have taken the methane that would have been burned for free and we were going to clean it and then use it for an economic use. And there, there's a lot of instances of that in Bitcoin mining because it's all about how can you get the cheapest electricity possible? And a lot of the times that the cheapest electricity is through renewable energy resources or what we like to call stranded energy resources, which is like gas flare offs and oil fields or something that are just being wasted. Um, so that, that's something about Bitcoin mining. Um, I would say one of the, and, and Bitcoin mining, it, it just shows some of the resilience of Bitcoin is like a year and a half ago, China banned Bitcoin mining and half the network went offline, right? Half Bitcoin mining just went offline. And, uh, you know, if it, Bitcoin didn't skip a beat, Bitcoin didn't miss anything. It didn't, wasn't, it, well, there's no downtime, no nothing. Just imagine for a second, any other computer network in the world, if half of its computing power went offline, what would happen? Wow. It'd be chaos. If half of Amazon went down, it'd be, it'd be absolutely crazy. But with Bitcoin, half the network went offline in two minutes, nothing, nothing changed. So, um, Bitcoin mining is, I think it's often misunderstood. It's often viewed as a negative. I view it as a positive. Um, now, it all kind of depends if you think that um, energy, using energy to secure the Bitcoin network is useless because Bitcoin's useless, then you're probably going to view Bitcoin mining negatively. But I view it positively because there's no way that you can secure uh, the Bitcoin network without using energy. Um, I've seen, and I haven't seen anyone propose anything that even rivals any of the security features of Bitcoin without using energy like that, because nothing, you can't make something out of nothing, right? Um, and people are, you know, so you can't make something out of nothing. So that's what I would say as far as Bitcoin mining. Um, it, there are some risks as far as consolidation in the industry. Um, maybe, if, you know, a certain player owns a, a, too much of the mining power, um, that they could try to attack Bitcoin. But, uh, you know, I could go into a long-winded speech about all the kind of nuances of that and what the likelihoods would be. And yes. That there's certain, uh, certainly there's a, there's a small risk, but it's it's very, very small and uh, and kind of counterintuitive to an economic, you know, economic sense. So, um, yeah, hopefully that answers that user's uh, so what, you know, question what, about mining. Yeah, so what do you say to those who put their money on Bitcoin mining? Should they continue? Because there are those who have their money on Bitcoin mining. Uh, They're Bitcoin. actually investing yeah. on Bitcoin mining. Is good or bad? Uh, it, Ugly? Where is yeah. it a, a risk? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it is a risk. It, it, Bitcoin mining is tough. It's, it's a brutal, brutal industry. But, you know, if you have access to cheap electricity um it can be it can be profitable i've done bitcoin mining um when i had chances to uh so during the 2017 2018 bear market you know 
S9s and a lot of mining equipment was going out was going on cheap. So it's able you're able to pick up mining equipment cheap during the bear market. And then if you have access to cheap electricity, it is good. I think Bitcoin mining is can be very good for people. Um, I know for me it was because you got mining equipment on the cheap, you have you access to cheap electricity. And then, you know, I, I sold my mining machines when they became very expensive and when everyone wanted them. So not only did I, you know, was mining Bitcoin and, you know, supporting the network and earning on it, but then I was able to resell my machine at a higher cost level when, you know, Bitcoin had gone way up in price and, and everything else. So I, I think Bitcoin mining is important. Um, you know, I think it, it, it can make economic sense, but you have to be careful about it. You wouldn't just want to go out and, and buy uh, any old mining machine um, from the internet just because you're like, oh, I just want to mine Bitcoin and um, I think it's going to make me a ton of money. You have to kind of do the math. You have to figure out what your kilowatts per hour are as far as electricity wise. Yes. There are multiple um, there are multiple websites. I think Crypto Compare is a good one where you can type in what your electricity cost is, what the mining hash rate that you could get with that machine, um, how many watts it takes, and then measure exactly what your ROI would be on that machine. Um, so I would recommend people doing that. Figure out how much your electricity costs. Look online and see what the machine that you're looking for is going for and uh, how much network power it's or hashing, terahash it's producing. And then, you know, do the math. And if it's economical, I, if I would do it. Um, one, I just like supporting the Bitcoin network, so I'm a little biased there. But two, your honesty is appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I have to come out. I'm a little biased. So, um, yeah, then you're getting Bitcoin, and then you, you know, when the bull, you know, when the prices go up, again, you can sell that machine um, for a much higher price than you probably paid for it. So, when can one expect the prices to go up? even with the other mm. tokens, really. When can we really say we're going to start seeing the uptrend because it's been downtrend all the way? Yeah. When will change come? Or is it is 2023 another year that well, people will just be dipping? And, I mean, Zach, is yeah, there no, light I, at the end of this year? Or we should be just the light all the way? I... Yeah, I, I would say that there's a, a very high there's a high likelihood that the price at the end of the year for Bitcoin will be higher than it is currently, um, or than than it started the year. So the start of the year at sixteen five, there's a high very high probability that at the end of the year it's at least going to be higher. Now, it, yes, for me, um, you know, it's just one of the things that I'm going to say. I I can't. I'm not. I can't help people on as far as the exact timing of things. I don't want to like speculate on it. Um, all I all I say is that yeah, at the end of the year, it's, I would be have a very high confidence that's going to be higher than it did the start of the year. Um, I would also have very high confidence that two three years from now, it's much much higher than it is right now. Um, you know, some of it depends on where the global economy is going. If if the entire you know the stock market, the bond market, if it continued to have significant downturn in the entire you know bitcoin might stay down longer than than i anticipate um i think the whole ftx debacle hurt bitcoin and the whole crypto space as a whole and pushed everything back i would say push things back you know like six months or so six months to a year um i think that had significant impact on the 
on the industry and credibility as a whole. So um, there's certain factors that, that can come into play as far as timing. Um, but what I will say is also 2022 was the historically the worst year, I think, in 100 for stock and bond performance combined. So um, it's not likely that you have two years in a row that are, uh, you know, once in a hundred year performance metrics. So um, that, that's what I would say about timing. I, I really don't like to give too much timing. Well, anything that is down, the only way for it to rise is to rise yeah. and, and go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and you sound like a broken record, right? You buy it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's a, the, 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 as much as I love the space, and the, you know, it, it 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 is it is cultish at sometimes. It is yes. You feel like a broken record, and and it feels cliche at times. But um, it, that's just <laughs> it, it is. I I can't I can't deny that. And anyone that's going to be like, well, you just you Bitcoin people say the same thing. We do, we do, and we've been saying the same thing for a long time. But um, yes, but but time is the great is is the great definer, right? Time is, is going to be the great decider. And uh, so far, I think time's been very good to Bitcoin. Um, and I think the time will be very good to Bitcoin down the road. So that's what I'll say about that. <laughs> yes. And um, look, digital currency is not going anywhere. And the sooner people get to do their research on these mm-hmm. and even Bitcoin, the better. Let's talk about some of the mistakes that young investors um, are making. Some of the biggest mistakes that young investors, young investors are making out there. Those who are just getting into investing or cryptocurrency. Yes. Uh, first, the first thing: no, there's no experts. So mm. anyone that tells you they're like self-proclaims that they're the most expert at this or they can they can predict that with precise, yeah. They're lying to you. And, uh, you know, I, I obviously, you know, think that I'm experienced in the space, but the space is really young and there's no, you know, very, you know, maybe a couple, but there's really no experts. So um, the second thing I would say is any, you know, be wary of anyone that says that's promoting new projects, right? Anyone that's promoting new projects, um, you should you should view with skepticism because, if you look at the number of projects that have lasted more than two or three years, and I mean lasted as in like not not just existed, but didn't go up 20 million percent and then down to like almost zero. Uh, there's There's been maybe like a couple out of 10,000, 20,000 projects. So what are the odds that the person that's promoting this new project, there's like a 0.001% chance that whatever project they're promoting is going to be... Uh, substantial in the next few years so just keep that in mind i think people get suckered in with you know new projects and these great marketing and great promotion and uh, big promise big ideas and the truth is most of it is not going to go anywhere so be skeptical of those people be skeptical of people who claim they're experts um in whatever um you know uh i guess taking more risk than you having this this uh short-term mentality right now part of the appeal of crypto and bitcoin is that you can make a substantial amount of gain in a relatively short amount of time but people have to be realistic about about what that entails right um you know people like to point back well if i bought bitcoin five years ago 
it was like, or, you know, eight years ago, it was like $10 and I would have, you know, a million dollars right now or something. Uh, the bottom line, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> if you had bought Bitcoin at ten dollars, <laughs> you would have sold it. You you would have sold it at twenty. Yeah, yes. you would have sold it at twenty. So because you have it's this return mentality. You so <sighs> everyone that and, and same with a lot of these altcoin. You know, altcoin. Yes. If, if they're like someone bought Dogecoin five years ago, and and they're like, oh, if I would have sold it at the top, like I would have had twenty million dollars. Like, no, you wouldn't have. So having this unrealistic idea of I'm going to get in and I'm just going to make so much money and just retire on a yacht. Yada, yada. That's not how, that's not how things work. Um, if, if you are lucky like that, you probably either one took excessive risk. That was just stupid. And you got lucky and you're probably going to lose it all by doubling down and being like, well, I made a million dollars. I can make 5 million and then you're going to lose it all. Or um, you probably were one of the scam coins that, you know, scammed a bunch of people and, and did that. But People have to have a longer-term mentality about about the space. Um, there's there's short-term times when you know we're in a big bull run, and you know there's a bunch of crap coins that are going up a ton. Yeah, you can you can start to you know you can dabble in those, and that's where you can see some huge gains. But be realistic about you know money, even at an accelerated return that Bitcoin has produced, it takes time. So um, don't expect to come in and just like, you know, just make a ton of money overnight and you're, um, you get frustrated that things aren't moving or things are moving against you. Um, you're going to get taken advantage of. So be careful, be patient. Um, yeah, there is a lot of growth and space and, and money to be made, but um, if you, you know, if you get too aggressive and, and too short-sighted, you're going to, you're going to get wrecked. Um, and I, I've seen that a lot with, people that come into the space new and uh, it's especially during a bull market and there's like an altcoin or one project that they throw some money into that goes crazy. Well, they might make a lot of money off that one, but then they have this mentality that, oh, I can just do it again. And it's like, no, you hit like the 1% chance of doing that. And then you just like throw it another 1% chance. And it's like, you know, it just don't, uh, don't do that. So, that's a couple uh, advice that I would give to, to people in the space. Bringing you the good news all day long. You, you, you were tuned in to the hottest station on the planet. On the planet. Keep it locked. Look, you've given us... Uh, this is a masterclass, and if anyone doesn't want to listen to this one, well, I'm sorry for you, because we don't just only listen. It's good to also apply what you've had and do your own research on the side. He says anything outside Bitcoin is gambling. Get that into you. <laughs> Look, yeah. we, we <laughs> yeah, well, I think you have hit something there. I'll leave that. He says it's never too late to start. Start no, anywhere, no. enter now, get in anywhere because it will not always be like this. But be careful of form, all right? Be careful of form. He says, be careful, be patient. Don't be emotional, right? Don't do this. Emo don't, don't let your emotionals, your emotions take over. Zach, we, um, 
at the tail end, but it will be an error to let you go without asking this one. If you had to start again tomorrow, will you do the same things that you did or would you change your strategy? And somebody says, what made you not to sell your Bitcoin since 2014, 2016? I think that we want to hear. Yeah, good question. So if I had to start over completely again from scratch, I would do some things differently because, um, you know, things are about timing, uh, especially in a new space that's growing very fast and emerging. Uh, you know, opportunities aren't there all the time. Um, and timing is a big part of it. So when I started my first business as a Bitcoin ATM company, that was all about timing. I started at the market bottom. When no one cared about Bitcoin when things were cheap. When I did mining, it was at the bottom. No one cared when things were cheap. And it was all about timing. Had I started either of those businesses at, you know, in the middle of the bull run while things are going crazy, they wouldn't have been successful. So that's what I would say uh, is something that I, if I had to start from scratch, everything is about timing. So I wouldn't have done the Bitcoin ATM company. It wouldn't have, you know, economics just don't work. Maybe I would do some mining, but um, so yeah, you know, just be conscious of that. It's a lot of it's about timing. And so when things are down, and you're in a new emerging industry that has a lot of potential growth, that's when you want to start learning. That's when you want to start doing things hands-on in the space. Um, that's where the opportunity lies. When other people are throwing away the towel and don't see it, and they're like, well, it's going to zero, it's never going to... Um, all the building under the surface is, is still there. It's, it's really encouraging and remarkable. And then I would say what, what caused me not to sell my Bitcoin, and I should say it, I have sold Bitcoin a, a, f- a few times. So I sold Bitcoin um, probably at like 65000 uh to buy some property. So, um, and I think I bought both too, but uh, it, it was, it was, it's still less than half my Bitcoin. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I wanted to diversify towards the top to, um, you know, into other, other sectors, but uh, no, but there is, there's pricing that I'll never sell. I just... I, I've been with Bitcoin enough, and I understand what the locations are, that for me, the pricing of Bitcoin that I'd be willing to sell it is way, way, way higher than what it's trading right now. Um, so that's where that's why I wouldn't sell, you know, because I think the value to me is much, much higher, where I think it's going is much higher. So, you know, you can't be perfect with timing. Um, it just happened that opportunities arose where uh, I was like, okay, I can allocate a little bit of my Bitcoin capital to something else that maybe provides more stability or reliability in the volatile nature of Bitcoin. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, there's no price that I would uh, sell some of my Bitcoin. At. I think it's, that, I think it, I think it's that valuable. I think they're, I think wow. it's that valuable of an asset. So, um, and, and I know a lot of people that think that way that are in the Bitcoin community that, you know, they, they don't really care about the price. There's not really a price that they're willing to sell at. Um, if Bitcoin went to a million dollars tomorrow, they would still hold some of their Bitcoin. Now they probably would sell some of it. But, uh, it's that powerful. It's, it's that powerful. It's that powerful of an asset. Um, there's nothing like it on the planet. So, wow. Uh, so yeah, no, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. So what, if I was just in for the short term speculation, yeah, I probably would have sold in, you know, when I, 
I should say the first six months that I was in Bitcoin. So I, you know, obviously it was like a thousand dollars, and then like you know, like I sold it like five thousand. I did the the classic mistakes, right? I sold it five thousand, and I, I'm like, oh yeah, I made I just made really good money, and then it goes up to ten thousand. I'm like, wait, should I get back in? And then it goes up to fifteen, and I buy back in, and then it goes down to ten, and I sell, and it's like, gets to the end of the day, it's like I have way less Bitcoin than I. Have. What, what was I doing? So it's all through you know some of these experiences I've had and the time and the space has helped me discipline myself um, you know during it and I've made all the mistakes that I'm talking about I've invested in crappy projects I've gotten I've fallen for scam you know I've done everything that I talk about it's only because I've messed up right it's only because I've lost mm. money here lost money there so I, I try, just tried to uh, learn from that and then tell other people not to make the same mistakes that a lot of you know people that first start getting into the industry do so um no it's been it's been really awesome here i gotta i, I gotta run but um yes and oh, I, before I love you talking do the about running. it and and, and, <laughs> and i will tell yeah oh yeah let me shout out if you want to reach out to me um, yes you know obviously my website for my book um fiction novel otherwise uh my practice is digital edge wealth management um you can reach out to me via email uh or my website if you go Google Digital Edge Wealth Management, and just, you know, I'm, I'm very open, and I'm willing to, you know, uh, offer advice or help in any way that I can that's within my boundaries as an investment advisor. So, um, yeah, really happy when people reach out, and hey, I'll, I'll, I love helping people in the space. So, you know, any questions you have, or, or you just want to yell, you know, message me and say, F Bitcoin, you, you dumb miner, or something, <laughs> something, I don't know, it, you know, it's fine, so. Um, thanks no, a thanks, for, thanks for having me it was awesome thanks a gazillion time zach for your time for sharing your wisdom look we release you but happily right and to all those who have just joined us we have had such an awesome awesome time and my question is now look let me repeat what he says anything outside bitcoin is gambling I don't think you want to gamble. I think those who are serious about investing, they don't want to gamble. But, well, go think about it. He said, it's never too late to start. You can start anytime. You can enter anytime. You can get into it anytime. But first, remember, be careful and be patient and take your emotions out of it. And my question is, where were you? When Bitcoin was three hundred dollars, Vavas J and Clark, huh? When Bitcoin was only three hundred dollars. Well, to all our listeners and viewers around the world, well done. MDN Talk Radio. The mic swings to you at MDN Talk Radio. The conversation is upbeat with life-enhancing chats moderated by personalities that matter. Exclusive conversations to keep our radio community interactive is with you now. Log on from the comfort of your couch or take us along in your palm as you go. Hear us. The undeniable choice.